Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Online at rijewelers.com. Robert Irwin Jewelers. At Bank of America, we asked our employees what they wanted most. I want to work where everyone is welcome. To have benefits that take good care of my family. To move forward in my career. We listened and did all that and more. It's why we're proud to be Just Capital's number one top company to work for. Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Just Capital used annual rankings to track performance across a five worker-related issues evaluated. Bank of America and a member FDIC equal credit opportunity lender. Today's Perks deal will make you hungry. Enjoy $50 of delicious, fine Asian cuisine for just $25 at Mulan Asian Bistro. Voted one of the top 100 Chinese restaurants in the United States with locations in Midtown, Collierville, and East Memphis. Get your Perks digitally direct right now at GetMyPerks.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. It's powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Does your vehicle have over 75,000 miles? Get maximum high mileage engine protection with Syntec Full Synthetic High Mileage Motor Oil exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Syntec High Mileage and a MicroGuard Select Oil Filter for just $34.99. Limit supply. Ask for Syntec High Mileage at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Willers producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. A top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. Big sports weekend, Jeffrey. Big sports weekend. This feels like the last sports weekend where there's probably too much going on. Too much? Yes. Too too many sports going on right now. I got especially when you throw Tiger back into the mix. So you've got you you've obviously got you got NBA, college yeah. basketball, college football championship week, NFL. I mean, you've, you've got, got yeah, Tiger. You got too much going on right now. 
Heck, I just asked you right before we came on air. Like, technically, someone could go out and sign Shohei Otani right Correct. now in Major we, League we, Baseball. Yeah, we've had we've had free agency, hot stove talk. Yeah. Why isn't it hot stove any in any other sport? I have baseball? no idea. Like baseball gets hot stove. Well, but then also in typical baseball fashion, I feel like they had branded hot stove as their thing, and mm. now I don't even feel like they like they take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like what is it in the NBA? It's oh, legal uh, tampering. No, 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 not legal tamper. It's like an NBA uh, rumor mill. It's like the rumor mill, right? Yeah, I mean, isn't everything rumor in the NBA? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the phrase, the saying that they use to talk about, you know, speculation <sighs> season. My boy Sepp is looking good. He's waddling on that green. Sepp Straka? Oh, yeah. Man, Straka's good enough to make it to the Hero World Challenge in golf these days. Dude, he was a Ryder cover. His... Mm, his, uh, like he's like top started, 25 in the world. It started here in Memphis with that That's playoff where it all loss with, against Zalatoris. Well, it's uh, a big sports weekend, so we've got a lot to get to. We're going to start things off like we do on he's Fridays. He's also back this week. Uh, <laughs> on Fridays with what are we going to be talking about coming out of the uh, weekend. Yes, we've already got NBC promoting the PNC Father-Son Challenge. There you go. You'll never guess who they put on the who, – who's, whose picture they used? Charlie. And Tiger. And Tiger, yeah. No way. We'll, we'll do that. We'll talk some golf next hour. But uh, it, we've got lots to talk to, about on the Tiger basketball front. Big game against Ole Miss tomorrow uh, down in Oxford. Found out it's sold, announced it's sold out today. So, uh, so another sellout at an SEC arena for the Tigers. The, the Missouri game was yep. sold out the first, you know, a couple weeks ago, and now uh, you've, you've sold out Oxford uh, for this big Memphis Ole Miss game. And then we've got, you know, more... Uh, I guess aftershocks from the news yesterday that Mikey Williams uh, has uh, reached a plea deal out in San Diego, uh, one felony count that can downgrade to a misdemeanor uh, come August. We've now heard from his attorney, a new attorney that he brought on to the case. We've heard Jason Munns over at CommercialPeel.com got a hold of his of Mikey's uncle and manager. Um, so you should check that story out uh, as well. Um, and so we, we've heard Mikey's side of things. Still haven't heard anything from the university or Penny Hardaway. Uh, I'm beginning, not- beginning to think of the first thing we'll hear about it is whatever Penny says after the Ole Miss game. I suspect that that's the case. Um, so lots to get to on the Tiger basketball front. Grizzlies play tonight in Dallas. And uh, good news, Jeffrey. This is what you need when you're down and out. Luca not playing tonight. Yes, I agree with you. But I do think we've might also, not be enough, but it's a good thing. It's do, still well, a good thing. No, I also think we've we've reached a new point, a new low. What's that? Uh, we're now at this. We're now at the point of where guys can take you know personal. Oh, days. you don't you don't think this is, there's, there's actually something uh, going on in Luca's life? I, they said they said personal reasons why correct. he's missing this. I think you're saying the personal reasons are we can win this game without me. I, I think the, if you <laughs> with the new whatever what what is it load management yeah the the management of load management mm-hmm. the attempting of the attempted management of load management um I think this is going to be the new way around it. Just go get you a mental health day, and then obviously a huge weekend in college football. Uh, Blake Topmeyer is going to join us. At 2.40 or so, he's the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. We'll get his thoughts on that huge Alabama-Georgia game and everything else that could potentially happen this weekend, starting tonight. you got Oregon-Washington tonight um, in the Pac-12 championship. Also, Liberty-New Mexico State, excuse me, in the conference today. It does have ramifications. There there could be a New Year's Six Bowl team in that game. Liberty. CUSA lives matter. (laughs) Um... 
Three o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Interesting uh, theory thrown out there by Gilbert Arenas um, on his podcast about John Morant and his return uh, from suspension. And I will say, my I don't I wouldn't even say it was a theory. It was his opinion. Yeah, opinion. Uh, the, an opinion. Uh, an people, opinion on what he people, would do. What he would been, do. For to your point on NBA rumor mill, he just offered a take. Yes. And people are acting like that that was like a, a drop, like a hint. Well, I did think it was an interesting take, so I think we're going to talk about it on the list uh, next hour. Uh, LeBron James, uh, father of the year candidate, mm. um, said uh, with Bronny set to return from that. And honestly, it's great that he's so quickly able to play basketball again after that scary heart-related incident uh, earlier. I think it was in the f- summer, right? Was yes, it? yes. Yeah. It was. It was. It was like right when they started like summer workouts. Yeah, um, but LeBron has said he will be at the U- his son's college debut, whatever day that is. No matter whether the Lakers are playing, he's going to be there. So um, I thought that was interesting. We'll talk about that, especially considering it wasn't even the question that was asked. <laughs> we had a big. We had a Thursday entertaining Thursday night football game. I thought for Dallas. once we had a good. We had a good fun uh, primetime game. Yeah, and then. Uh, you mentioned Tiger, and then the Detroit Pistons just completed the NBA's first ever winless month. And it wasn't the Grizzlies. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, we're not even close to that bad. Yeah. Uh, come on. And then we'll get into our games of the weekend because there's there's a lot to choose from. It's championship weekend. We also have a huge NFL game. Well, didn't the Grizzlies technically go winless in October? But it doesn't count. I don't think it counts. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think it but counts. I'm pretty sure they went. They had a winless month as well. I think it might be right, but I don't think that one counts, though. I think you're because the first win was Portland. I think in no, in, I think in November. Well, let's see. Let's double check. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. Because think about it. There's no way they had a win by by Halloween. Um, I'm pretty sure it was yeah. like the, that that Portland probably. series. I think was the first the first of the month. No, yeah, it wasn't even the first. of the But month. the Grizzlies did not have a, a winless full month. Yes. Yeah, their first win came on November 5th. There you go. Um, So, um, just here to keep you in check. Yeah, lots to get to, though. Okay, what are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? I do think the biggest local game this weekend is Memphis Ole Miss in basketball. I mean, if you stipulate using, if you stipulate involving a local team, yes, Yes, I'm with you. Involving a local team. Um, And. I think it's going to be a really good game. As we mentioned, sold out, sold out arena. You get Musa Cisse probably playing his first game at Ole Miss against his former team. One of his. One of his former teams. You've got Memphis coming off this Villanova game, and clearly, to me, based on yesterday's availability, kind of bothered that no one seemed to, like, the polls didn't seem to do, they didn't seem to move the needle at all in the polls. Yep based on their performance in the Bahamas. So I think you're going to get a motivated team out there. Um, however, we were looking this up this morning, Jeffrey. I was kind of stunned by this. Mm-hmm. Memphis has not won in Oxford in basketball since the 2005-06 season. Correct. Um, now, now that's not played, a lot they, of games. They haven't played a ton. I think I think they've only played four or five times since then. But obviously, the, the trip to Oxford two years ago was really, I think, one of the low points of that season with um I with Jalen Duran and that Imani was the crisis Bates. moment. Yeah, remember it was like Penny unloaded on the team in front of the media after the game and then did a phone interview with Seth Davis yep. and unloaded on him even more. 
um, about how, and that was that was when he basically the, said the, the older best, guys. Well, are, it's also we got the best seventeen-year-old player on the planet. That was that rant. Yes. Well, it was it was the whole. I don't remember the exact specifics. You might you might you. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you're wrong. It was the whole crux of it was our older guys are being a holes to these to these yeah, freshmen. Let's let's be real. Yeah, he kept doing, but it's they weren't a holes to Dern. Yeah, like, <laughs> they were to The reality was it was all it was all Amani driven. And it was the first game Amani came off the bench, and it was just like Ole Miss was not even a good team. No, and it was an ugly game. Like Memphis didn't get blown out or anything, but it's it just like an a, ugly like game. A, it felt like it was like a seventy-two sixty-eight game that nobody wanted to watch. And it was like it was like you are far more talented than this Ole Miss team, but you just none of your guys know how to play together. It was a low moment. Well, it, clearly, he was correct in that there was there was friction between, but it's like. No, and then it looks like a team that didn't like each other. And then they figured it out, you know, once Amani left, and yeah. you know, and weird, they got, you know, they got over that injury no, no, spell. No, 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 it was a, it was a biomechanic injury. <laughs> that was that was an all timer when people when people would try to be like, you can't just you can't just say that Elgin is is full of it. It's like he literally made up something that doesn't exist. Like, yes, it was whatever. It ended up working out in the end. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't how anyone planned for it to go. I don't even think it was, like, pleasant most of the time for anyone involved. Well, but he, they got to remember, the tournament, and at and the end of the year, they were playing well. He had, like, a big shot in the Boise game, they, yeah. Yeah, he, he had nice, yeah, he had a nice—yeah, he had a little moment in the NCAA tournament. It didn't—it actually might help with the discussion we're going to have about Mikey. Like, remember when he just randomly threw Amani back into the mix in the NCAA tournament? Yes. Everyone was like, whoa. Like, Well, no, because remember, out of nowhere— you started getting the remember that was when the whispers of, you know, Monty might come back. And yeah. you and I looked at each other and, and I think I was the one that said, That is the most Amani Bates and Elgin Bates move I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. As soon as they started coming back winning and yeah. they started getting a little profile, gotta get Amani back in the mix. But it was obviously a low moment. This team I so, like I don't know a lot the, different. Yes, I don't a know lot if, different. It feels like just, I don't know if the elements, if the I don't know if we have the ingredients for that type of blow. Well, up it's tomorrow. just older, a lot older, a lot of old, a lot more older guys on this team, and um, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that Villanova loss, and it'll be a particular challenge for the Bigs. The Bigs played poorly outside of Jordan. I really shouldn't say the Bigs, Malcolm. Malcolm Dandridge was a non-factor, and Jordan Brown was a non-factor in the Bahamas, by and large. And I thought Malcolm was good in the first game, and then I think he got hurt. You got a little tweaked. Okay. None- but, nonetheless, they but were non-factors, is, But by that and is large. like the— uh, That's, oh, that's uh, the Malcolm Dandridge story. He's like has these flashes. Michael Thomas is going to be probably out for the Saints this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Malcolm's just going to get hurt. It's, it's like just a Chargers wide receiver. The deal. Well, the Chargers wide receivers out. Like, there is a potential that Ole Miss can throw out their seven foot five Jamarian Sharp and six foot eleven or six foot ten and really long Musa Cisse at the Santi, same time. Santi'd really like that lineup. <laughs> um, and you're going to need. I don't think it matters whether it's Malcolm Dandridge or Jordan Brown, but you're going to need one of them to play well. You can't have both of them play poorly in this game. That's a recipe for getting upset. You know, I don't know what what the line is. Is Ole Miss favored in this game? Uh, I've not seen a line right now. Ken Palm shows a three point win for Memphis. Okay. Although I will say, Memphis or Ken Palm lines have been weird for Ole Miss games. Like they had NC State as a five point 
a five-point winner, and then Ole Miss was favored in the game? Well, to me, Memphis is five and it's one. It's going to be a, it's a coin flip, one to way or the other. Memphis is five and one, despite being one of the worst defensive rebounding teams in the country so far. Yep. If they're just an average defensive rebounding team tomorrow, I think they win the game. They have they have more ways, in my opinion, to win the game than Ole Miss does. They have the better roster. Yeah, they have more. They have more. They have more talent. Um, it it reminds me honestly a lot of the Michigan game in the sense that Michigan's like one through five was pretty good compared to Memphis's one through five. Like compared pretty well, but once you got from six through ten, like Memphis's six through ten was way better than Michigan's six through ten. And I have, I sense that with Ole Miss. And now you can get it now. It mat, like in the NBA, sometimes that matters a little more because guys play less. Ole Miss could play, you know, potentially play some of their stars. Thirty, like if you look at the minutes Chris Beard is used doing right now, like Matthew Morell's playing like thirty six minutes a game. Yeah, like, but that. But I mean that that will hold true because he doesn't have like yeah, they he doesn't have, have a lot of depth and they don't have a lot of scores. And yeah. Morell is one that can score. Yeah, and Morell has he played well in Oxford two years ago against Memphis. Last year, if I recall correctly, not so well. But it's, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be one of those games that will probably – it has a chance to be a quad one. Like, it, all Ole Miss yeah. has to be is top 75 for it to be a quad one. Yeah, I have no idea what Ole Miss is or isn't. Um, they, they're coming off their best game of the year. And the reality is, I think whoever wins this game is going to be ranked on I th- Monday. I think that's the case. I think if Ole Miss wins and they're undefeated, coming off a week where they beat NC State and Memphis, they're ranked. And I think Memphis – Probably should be in the top twenty to twenty five right now, but it will get course corrected if they beat Ole Miss after Ole Miss just beat NC State. Yes. Um, so, but like as it pertains to Ole Miss, it's like okay, yes, they they had clearly their most impressive performance of the year, but it's like they've struggled to beat Temple, which isn't that good. Like, like they've gone to the wire against some bad teams. And then the other thing Memphis needs to sort out in this game is kind of. It felt like as that tournament wore on in the Bahamas, their offense got less and less structured. You know, yeah. like it was, it got, it became more, like especially after, especially I mean, especially the first half of the Villanova game, it beca- you know, like it became one, very one on one heavy. And where I think Memphis, and it's not to say they, that can't work, like against Arkansas that worked because David Jones played unbelievable. Yeah, I'm I have a little different opinion on that. Mm. So I'm. More curious of was that the was that like a preview of what is to come, which is more ISO whatnot, mm-hmm. or is that the byproduct of you're playing teams that you hadn't really scouted, you hadn't prepped for, and so it's kind of roll the ball out there. We typically see that oftentimes in these multi-team events. Yeah, I could I could see that being the case, um, but it's definitely something to watch tomorrow. Because I think I, when they, I, would say. I still think the best. See, like segment of basketball this team played was the second half against Missouri. I still think out of all the, out of everything they've done so far, they played well against Michigan. I think they played pretty good against Arkansas, but I still think the best like long stretch of play by them was that Missouri second half. Yeah, and I, that I guess ran the, through the, Javon Quinter. The problem I have with saying that is like I do agree. I test wise, it was like the most pleasing. Mm-hmm. Like it was, because it felt it felt and it like, was defensive too. It was like their defense was really good as right. well. But that could also be like we don't know. Like, what if Missouri's like a five hundred basketball team? No, I agree, and that's I, that I'm could saying. be like, the case. But 
I mean, I mean, what we've seen is the Arkansas team is quality. Yeah. No, and you beat them full strength. Yes. Um, With you know, they they didn't have their top scorer against Duke. Uh, So it will be uh, it'll be interesting. This feels like a game. Memphis, the the higher scoring it is, the better it suits Memphis. You don't want to get into an ugly game against Ole Miss, I don't think. They have they probably have right now the more productive big men. Yep. And they the only advantage the advantage Ole Miss has to me, they have two advantages tomorrow. They are clearly, I would give them the advantage in the front court. Mm-hmm. And then they're at home. And we kind of forget, like, like that was the other thing that I was reminded of this week during the whatever the ACC SEC mm-hmm. challenge. So we started yeah. to get some better better actual like venues and and experiences. You really forget it's like, oh yeah, there's a reason why what winning you, on the road. What, what do you hard. think the Memphis contingent will be there though? I mean, there'll be a decent amount. There won't be it won't be always, more Memphis fans than Ole Miss. No, fans. there's always a good crowd, but at the same time, it's not like other sports where you have mm-hmm. to give the other you you don't. You're not giving essentially 10% of your arena to the other side. Well, here's what I'll tell you. Thus far, Ole Miss is one of the slowest teams in the country yes. in terms of tempo. Memphis is one of the top 35 in tempo this year. Um, now, I, I, think you'll, I think we might see. Remember in that second half against Villanova, and Penny even said it afterwards, that he kind of regretted not going to the press a little sooner against Villanova. And part of it was he felt like he didn't have enough of a chance to work on it because he he was missing those three games. I would I would urge him. I would not do that. Well, I will say because what's interesting to me is Ole Miss does not turn the ball over a lot, and that's the easiest. Like that's the other thing. That's the easiest way for Ole Miss is a team, in my opinion, that's going to struggle to score. But I think you want to speed them up. Yeah, I think that gives them a lot of easy baskets. Mm, okay. That's that. Make them earn it. You're, yeah. you're make them earn it. I want. It. I want Ole Miss playing in the half court. I'll, this is the after watching what NC State did. This is the game. Like it's like. Let me see. You do that again. Well, and, and over the years, Penny, I think in his first couple years, pressed a lot. Mm-hmm. And over the last few years, it's become way more strategic how he deploys it. Like he'll do it for like a two minute stretch to like spark things. It's not going to be. No, I'm going to open have, the game in a press. I have no problem with it being like. A play you run. Yeah. I just would not. I think at times, like, Penny thinks, Penny's kind of like Todd Grantham was with a blitz. Penny kind of thinks the press, like, it works every time, and it doesn't work every time. It's been effective for them. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's clearly something. But I, it's, I I would not do that against Ole Miss. That gives them too many easy baskets. There's a lot of strategic moves that can happen, but it'll be a, it'll be a fun one down in Oxford. And then... Afterwards, I you know I do think part of the story is going to be what Penny says about this Mikey Williams development. Um, and well, I think I think the first thing is what will he say because yeah. there is a like there is also a path where like he doesn't say much. He might no, like, he's going to get asked. But about I think it, but him like, not saying much still is like that is a statement in and of itself. If you're not going after you know being willing to say whatever, like even not saying much to me is is saying something. Okay, well let's let's go let's go through the scenarios of what he could actually say. So to me, there's there's three things. Mm-hmm. One, it's kind of like what we're talking about, a, not necessarily like a denial or a no comment, but it's it's, it's a, a hey, this it's what he's kind of said at other times. He said a lot of things about this, and uh, I think, like I said, I think he's ultimately when you, we look back on it, has handled it 
pretty well so far. Ultimately, he's handled it, he's handled it consistently. Yeah, like I, I and um, you just say, hey, I'm I'm really happy that it appears Mikey has, you know, Mikey's uh, Mikey's case has been uh, handled. You know, Mikey's happy with the way his case is being handled. And his future with the university will be a university decision or something. His future with the team sure. will be a university decision. Like, to me, that's probably the safest thing to say. You know, like, ultimately, it is going to be, like, yes, Penny Hardaway is going to be involved in the decision and will probably have a lot of say over the decision. But it's this is the type of thing that, you know, Bill Hartgrave is going to have to approve. Ultimately. You'd have to think a lot of people are going to have to – there's going to be multiple people are going to have to sign off on this. Yeah. Although I would argue – so far, this has felt the entire time to me like a Penny Hardaway operation, and I've seen nothing to suggest that it's not still. I, yeah, I don't know. I think ultimately, yeah. I think No, when we got that statement, remember when when, it, when people started figuring out that he was in the uh, directory, that Mikey was in, like, enrolled? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, remember, like, they, you got, like, a statement, but to me, it's like... Uh, it, I think it, Memphis... It, has made the call on this one, for well, the most part. Yeah, I think, I think there are going to be people that Penny, run to rubber stamp it. I think Penny has set the uh, agenda, if you will, on this. But ultimately, what Memphis has done is taken a strategy of, we'll just kick this can down the road till we have to it's actually a make a decision. Um, Much and, like Iowa tomorrow. And again, that's what you do if you're, like, thinking, you know what, I think I might want him... I think we're going to go along. If Penny wants him, we'll take him. And I think, for instance, the fact that we haven't heard from the university yet about yesterday's news strikes me as. Because I think if you didn't, if you were trying to um, react to this in a way that would set the stage for disassociating with Mikey in some way, Mm -hmm. not doing it right away, but doing it in the future, I think you'd have already put out a statement. I think the fact that they haven't put out a statement suggests to me that nothing's really changed in terms of their philosophy on this. And frankly, yesterday's decision gave them enough leeway to not look like they've changed their minds whatsoever by once again kicking this can down the road to August. Yeah. You know, like, like, because ultimately their last statement on this in September said when Mikey Williams' legal issues are resolved. That is when we will determine his status with the program. Well, there's a very reasonable argument to make, even though Mikey's really happy about the outcome and all this. He has a sentencing hearing in August. And until that sentencing hearing happens, his legal issues are not resolved. Indeed, if you read the fine print of all this, you know, like he has to stay out of trouble. Like if he gets anything more than a park, uh, speeding ticket... The deal's off between now and August. Like, he has to stay out of trouble. He has to complete all these requirements. Now, Jason Munns over at CommercialBill.com got a hold of Mikey's lawyer as well as his uncle. Apparently, like, Mikey's already completed anger management. He's in the middle of doing his, you know, gun uh, safety course. Um, And he's, according to his lawyer, does community service all the time anyway. So he'll... (laughs) <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a good. Uh, it was a. I mean, it, the quote is even better. Hold on, I gotta pull it up. It's like <laughs> the quote is even better. Um, but uh, that's, that's good lawyering. The, the quote is better. Hold on, I gotta find it. I, now that you stumbled on, because I laughed when I read it first too. Um, uh huh. Hold on. Community service for free. 
Because you know when you show, I will tell when you, you show up at a community center and get paid thirty grand. That's not community service. You know I will that, tell right? you, Williams has already done thousands of hours of community service before this ever took place. I'm confident he'll burn through five times the eighty hours before August. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Here's what I would say. I th- that's the other part of this though. It's like God, I need to know what he said. What, what he looked like when he said that. Did he <laughs> wink. I, I mean, it was, I think it was on the phone. He's he's like a Southern California based attorney. Um, Nonetheless, so Munns did talk to the attorney and uh, uncle, and the uncle, who's also Mikey's manager, said, um, had this quote. Um, When he he asked, will Mikey Williams play for Memphis basketball this season? And Pat McCain, who is Mikey Williams' manager, said, we're very optimistic people. So if you ask me, that's absolutely the plan. If we can make that happen, that would, excuse me, that would be outstanding. Um, He went on to say, however, that um, he went on to say, um, I know Hardaway will do his due diligence. Again, this is Mikey's uncle and manager. And if we come up short, we're still okay. There are still other options like for next season. We can put it off to next year and what have you, but we're looking for this year. So I think I think they're, they're realistic that it's probably not going to be this year, but they're hopeful of that. They're hoping for that. Um, I would say this, my, my, the only thing Penny Hardaway shouldn't do in this situation right now is have Mikey Williams on this team, this team this year. Like, I think the best thing for everyone involved is to have a little patience here and not try to force feed this through after I mean, what I guess, happened yesterday. I guess this is devil's advocate a little bit. If you're gonna, what's the difference between if you're gonna have him on the team next year versus this year? Because this is a very big star and personality. You're not just bringing in like some recruit. You are bringing in a guy who literally, I mean, right, his but, but my situation why, made national headlines yesterday. My point is, what is the difference between bringing him in this year versus next year? Why? My point is, I just why don't think saying, he should be on this team. Like, I don't think he should play for this team, right? And because I'm then you have why? because then you'll have an entire off season next to get him kind of acclimated to everything to make him part of the team. You're going to be just so not, you're saying you don't want to introduce this element, not not this not new six ingredient games into the season. No, I don't think that's the right move, and I don't think it's the right move for Mikey. I think it's setting up Mikey to fail. I think if Mikey and his people look at it carefully and like with if they're truly looking out for. What gives Mikey Williams the best chance for success in this situation? The his best chance for success is to like focus entirely on basketball, like training, all that stuff, and come be like a centerpiece for next year's team. Because if he comes in this year at Memphis, yeah, I mean it'd be great to get him around Penny. Uh, you know, I think Penny would be a good influence in his life. Um, but at best, he's going to be like a you know like kind of a super sub on this team. Like, there's already a lot of guys at his position. Well, they're already playing eleven guys. Yeah, like there's already a lot of guys at his position. It's he's not going to Mikey's not going to have the role he wants, and yet he's going to have a role that's ultimately going to disrupt things here. And so, to me, when you really look at this, the best situation for everyone involved. If indeed you want to make this work, which is what it's very clear to me, Penny would like to make this work. It's, you know what? Hey, I'm really happy if you focus, continue to focus on this stuff you have to do for court and staying out of trouble. Let's try, and then you come here in April and May, April or May, and you start. You know, that's when you start or whatever when summer classes start, 
And that's when, you know, whenever whenever it's normal for people for next year's team to show up, you show up and... Because I think even having him in the program right now, redshirting, let's say, will cause distractions too. Because he'll still technically have a felony to his record while he's, you know, like while he's on the, if he's on the bench or whatever. Um, And again, there'll be some pressure to play him. You know, like ultimately, you know, but like, again, you brought up the Amani thing and I hadn't really thought about it. Like, ultimately, it's hard to real. That's why I'm so interested in what Penny Hardaway has to say or doesn't have to say after the Ole Miss game tomorrow because we've seen, like, I don't think a lot of other coaches in the country two years ago after what they went through with Amani Bates would have then gotten to the NCAA tournament and said, okay, now you can come play like a 10-minute role on this team. There aren't many coaches in the country who would have done that. Yeah, I mean... And so, like, I don't, I don't know. know. There was to predict what the, Penny the, Penny thinks is Penny a tough had a deal. Weird, like, I don't know. Penny also, I, I think Penny also had an inflated view of Imani. Nonetheless, you had made like to reintroduce someone like that in the NCAA tournament is unorthodox, and it worked. No question, it worked fine. It, like, no, yeah, wait, it went. It didn't it cost went, them. Yeah, it didn't hurt them in any way. Right. And yeah, you're right. He hit like a big basket or two yeah. in the Boise game. Um, but so it's going to be. It, I, it was shockingly. Low drama, but I considering do, how absurd it was. But I do think if you've questioned how Penny has handled this, I do think like the way it's played out kind of justifies a little bit how he handled the situation, the Mikey situation. I I think if you if you game it out in which I think this was the case all, all along, Penny made it very clear he wanted Mikey Williams the basketball player, mm-hmm. and so if you if you operate from the how can he play it to still, at some point, leave it open for Mikey to play basketball for him? He played it perfectly. Now, I will say, if Mikey rejoins this team, whether it's this year or next season, technically joins. Jo- yeah, wherever he, yeah, if he comes, you know, what, you know what I mean. If he's playing for this team, I will say this: Penny is putting a lot of faith in that kid not getting in trouble again. Because yeah. if he does, totally agree. If he does. Everyone has egg on their face. It is a risk you are taking here. That is the risk that he screws up again. And you have egg on your face. I would say this. Especially if if it's like a gun related situation on campus. If it turns out to be just run of the mill, he gets uh, a dramatic dramatic player gets whatever his feelings hurt mm -hmm. and blows up. That's, I think that would be fine. No, I kind of mean like. If but if like, he, yes, if, if, he, he, if he if he gets in legal trouble again, I'm 100 percent with you. Yeah, everyone here. But I, as I've said before, you have to understand. Penny is approaching this as you know, like this kid doesn't have a criminal record aside from this, and I think he views it as you know, like people deserve people. I needed people to have faith in me for me to get to where I've gotten to. You know, like ultimately, like when Memphis, when when Penny came to Memphis State, like he need it was a little different because it wasn't in shoot up a car or whatever. Or it was alleged Correct. to shoot up a car, but like he needed people to believe in him, who shouldn't have necessarily had, who didn't necessarily had to believe in him to to come here to Memphis. I, that's fine. I also he's also it, really talented. I would also basketball make the player. argument that's convenient, but I will. It's a risk in this sense because Mikey Williams is not Penny Hardaway. Like Penny Hardaway, I think can go get, an, in terms of bas- caliber of basketball player, whether it's through the transfer portal or getting another top 50 recruit, he go get that 
pretty easily this offseason. And so he's I mean, showing maybe, a lot I mean, of faith in Mikey Williams. And so far, it seems to have been the right call. Um, and I think, to me, it makes a lot of sense. And I said this I, I said this months ago. I think it makes a lot of sense if he's just, you know what? Like, okay, let's get your life in order here. You've been through this tumultuous moment here, this tumultuous case where you did screw up. You did ultimately plead guilty to a felony that's going to go not get knocked down to a misdemeanor. But you pled guilty to something. You are admitting you did something wrong here. You should have to pay some penance for this. You shouldn't. It shouldn't be just rush right back into basketball. That is, pro- if we're truly going to be thinking about what is the best for Mikey Williams and, frankly, the best for the Memphis basketball program, rushing him back onto the court right after this makes. I don't think that's right, personally. But I do think there's a way this could really work out well for everyone if he comes next year and has a good year. I think. Penny will look really good for sticking by this kid. And Mikey Williams, you know, I think is talented enough to really help Memphis basketball as a basketball player. But there's a lot, it it appears there's a lot of risk involved. And I think, you know, like ultimately Penny's going to be sticking his neck out a little bit for this kid. And I hopefully Mikey Williams realizes that. Like Penny's using a lot of his collateral, if you will, on him. I'm going to go be watching this game, the Memphis Ole Miss game, watching at Birdie's. Okay. My brothers and I are, and my buddies, and I think actually it might even be a family excursion. I, I, I think Will Josephine you be, and Aaliyah might be coming. So you're all going to watch it together, and then where are you going to watch championship weekend? So then, so the idea is watch the, watch the Memphis. We're going we're gonna to hit some, obviously work on our games. Mm-hmm. You've know, you got to get on the simulator. Watch the Memphis Ole Miss game and then head back for, for the SEC championship game. So that way you will, can watch everything. Will we have chaos this weekend? I still think to have chaos, you have to have Alabama win the game. I think okay. that's, that's. I think that starts all the chaos. Let's see if Blake Topmeyer thinks it's possible. We'll talk to Blake Topmeyer, the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. Next, you're listening to Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. NFM ESPN. 
Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Blake Tomar is the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter on X at BTopmeyer. Download his podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered, available wherever you get your podcasts. Blake, are you driving to Atlanta? I am. Yeah, about two hours out. Okay. Sounds like you're on a jetway. <laughs> Sounds like I'm on a jetway, but well, that's not good. Yeah, what are you on? I, what, what? No, because he's... So oh, you're coming from the panhandle. What, yeah, what do you take? Ten, uh, you Probably, what, you took 10 and then you go north somewhere? Uh, I travel up to Montgomery and uh, 85, 85 toward Atlanta. Okay. okay. Well, Jeffrey's theory before we oh, went to break. On. Are you going to be rolling in right at about 5 o'clock traffic in Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, that's about right, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well planned. Have fun with that. Um, well, that's going to be chaos. And Jeffrey's theory oh, nice. is that the only way this really gets chaotic over the next... 24 hours or so in terms of the college football playoff is if Alabama beats Georgia. Otherwise, we, you know, yes, there might be some shuffling, but it won't feel like total chaos. Um, with that in mind, one, what do you make of the chaos theory? And two, what do you make of Alabama's chances in this game? Well, I completely agree with the theory. Um, if, if Alabama wins... That's the worst nightmare for the selection committee. And they're not going to say that publicly, right? But they are huge Georgia fans on Saturday because Alabama winning just causes them one massive headache after another. The the biggest complication if Alabama loses is like uh, Florida State goes undefeated but looks kind of ugly in beating um, Louisville while Texas rolls over Oklahoma State and you got you got to decide between 12 and 1 Texas or 13 and 0 Florida State for the final spot. That that's that's like your messiest situation if Alabama loses. If Alabama wins, everything just goes haywire. Um, I don't think it's going to come to that. I think Georgia is the best team in the country. I think they're going to prove it on Saturday. Um, I think they win, you know, by a couple of scores, and we, we close the book on Alabama, and, and they're off to New Year's Six. Yeah, because, and honestly, like, is that really that much of a decision in this the second scenario that you laid out? It's like, Florida State's in. They're undefeated. They're a power conference. Like, they're just going to be in. In the end, it's like they got a zero. The, people always make this a lot more dramatic than it is. Like, the number that matters the most to the committee, they've proven this over time, is what's in the loss column. That's right. Your record, your record is the number one thing. Um, I think the conference championships – do matter. Uh, Florida State would have a conference championship. Uh, I think the eye test matters, but not as much as your record. I, I think eye test probably matters more than strength of schedule. Uh, I don't know if that's fair, but I think it, it, it does. I think it's like the third factor. Um, but because of the record, because there is zero precedent for keeping a Power 5 champion out of the co- – or excuse me, an undefeated Power 5 champion out of the college football playoffs. Yeah, he's he did say he thought Bama was going to lose by a couple scores. Yeah, Bama get him. I don't know. Yeah, he's driving through Alabama, right? So yeah, yeah, this could be this could be a problem. You know, you don't talk. 
Don't talk yeah, ill but, of the but, tide but, on but Montgomery, I-85. Montgomery's more Auburn territory. Yeah. Aren't, isn't Alabama all over, though? Aren't both both mm, kind of all over? They, no. they have territories. Like Birmingham, aren't there a lot of Auburn fans still? And I know there's probably more Alabama fans in Birmingham, but there's still probably a lot of Auburn fans in Birmingham. He's trying to uh, – th- uh, there's m- – I mean, it's not like it's not like fifty fifty Birmingham. It's still more. T- I mean, yes, there's all yeah. over the state. Yes, there's a lot of all like Huntsville. What's Huntsville? Huntsville's Bama territory. Bama. Okay. Bama. What about? Uh, I don't know. What are their Alabama? Cities? Mobile, Bama. Mobile's Bama. That's okay. where uh, AJ McCarron's restaurant. No, no, where's that man in Tuscaloosa? Okay. Uh, we got you. Uh, we lost you there for a second. But for me, it's like the way. It, see if you agree with this. I do still think. I think there is a scenario in play where the SEC doesn't get a team in. It involves Alabama winning, and I I actually think I would support it by saying the fact that like Nick Saban was talking about what a shame it would be if an if a SEC team didn't get in, that leads me to believe that he's a little worried that they don't even get an SEC team in. I think so too, and I thought the kind of the humorous part of his of Saban's comments were you know he's talking about how tough the SEC is and how great the league is. Um, the part left unspoken there is, well, Nick, if the league's so great, how come your only loss is to a team not in the SEC? Yeah. And, and I think that's sort of the argument against the SEC this year is their performance in non-conference play was not very good. You know, Alabama lost at home to Texas. LSU lost decisively to Florida State. I mean, there were, there were many data points of the SEC not performing well in non-conference games this year. And so, yes, I think I think if Alabama wins, I think Georgia is, is in real danger of missing the playoff. Um, and I think Alabama is also in danger of missing the playoff. I think it's a two-step process so, for, for, for Alabama. Alabama has to win, and they have to have one of these three teams lose. Michigan, Florida State, or Texas. One of those three has to lose with an Alabama win for Alabama to feel comfortable. Now, some people might say, well, what about uh, Washington? What if Washington loses? I don't think that helps Alabama because I think the committee since day one has loved Oregon. They're waiting for an excuse to put Oregon in the playoff, um, and that excuse would be Oregon avenging its only loss against Washington, a close loss on the road. Um, If Oregon wins... I don't think it matters what Alabama does. Oregon's in. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I also think they want to. I think they kind of want to avoid the one spot for Alabama or Texas because, like, at a certain point, doesn't the game have to matter? They played. Yeah, the, the games have to matter, and that's that is the biggest roadblock in all of this for the SEC is that Alabama lost to Texas, and so you can't stop them in at Texas' expense. That means you also can't put in uh, at Texas' expense if Georgia loses to Alabama. So, yeah, that loss home to Texas is problematic for Alabama, and it, and it does matter, I think, that it was at home. If it was, yeah. you know, week two in Austin, I think the committee maybe says, well, that was on the road, what have you. But the fact that it was in Brian Denny and it was a 10-point result, and I asked Boo, Boo Corrigan, the committee chair, about that directly um, on Tuesday night. Now, I know, you know, Boo sometimes can try to talk out of both sides of his mouth, but I thought he gave a very direct answer 
to my question about does it matter that Texas beat Alabama in week two versus if that game was later in the season? And he said, no, it doesn't matter, that that result still carries the same amount of head-to-head weight as if it were to happen later in the year. Now, we can debate whether we believe that or not, but I think what he's trying to say there is uh, Texas still has the head-to-head advantage against Alabama. It doesn't matter that it was in week two. And they've always been ranked ahead of Alabama. Like, even when they took their law, like, when they both, like, they mm-hmm. never did the move where it's like, you know, they, they bumped down Texas. How, what will the, what will the outrage look like if the SEC is kept out of the playoff? What will, what form will it take? Obviously, we'll get some angry yelling. Will, but will it change anything moving forward? Because, like, I, SEC people are going to be up in arms well, if they be, don't get a team gonna in the furious, playoff. They're going to be furious, but, Blake, don't you agree? Part of the problem with, like, like, What's there to do? They're going with a 12 team next year. I mean, I guess you could say, like, we want all at larges. Maybe all at larges, but, like, I, I don't know. Is there going to be really that much? Is there going to be, like, you've got to get other people to go along with it? Yeah, I, I think there would be more that the SEC would try and possibly achieve doing if the four team playoff was, was going to stay further. The fact that it is going to 12. Um, in the future, they know their conference champion is going to get an auto bid, is probably going to get a first-round buy every year, and then they're going to pile up some at-larges. You know, I really just don't think they would have much cause for recourse. They'll complain a ton. People in, in Alabama, their heads would boil, uh, probably in Georgia too. But there's there's really just not much incentive to do anything about it because it's the final year of the four-teamer, and if this were a 12-team playoff, whoever wins in Atlanta is guaranteed of, of admission. So it kind of becomes a moot point. But I do think, like, if the four-teamer were, say, continuing for another 10 years and the SEC were to be denied a bid, I, I think that selection committee probably would be fired and would like, go <laughs> yeah. back to the, to the computers deciding the bid. They'd depose them. Yeah. yeah, it would be a coup d'etat. Um, <laughs> I'm curious. So to me... That Alabama Georgia game is the main event tomorrow. That's the be- that's the best championship game. But I'm curious what other ones you are most interested in. Whether it's Pac-12 tonight, we got the the Florida State Louisville game is getting interesting just because it it's starting to. There's rumors now Florida well, State's going to be playing its the third line, stringer. The line moved from four and a half down to one and a half today, which tells you something injury wise. And their third stringer happens. I think he was playing at Lausanne last year. He was Brock Glenn. Um, and, uh, so, and and then there's also, uh, I mean, there's the big 10 championship game, Michigan, Iowa, we got Texas, Oklahoma state where, you know, I didn't realize things were so spicy. We got, we had reports today of a, there's video, a dead, a dead longhorn put on the steps of a frat at Oklahoma state. Um, which one interests you the most? I think it's actually Oregon, Washington tonight, um, and, and I don't know that there's going to be a ton of playoff drama with it. I think whoever wins this game is probably going to be seated third um, in the field. I, I think Oregon would leapfrog Florida State. I don't think they're going to knock Florida State out if Florida State's undefeated, but I could see them seating Oregon on the three line if they win tonight and Florida State's four even if they win. Um, and I just think tonight's going to be, you know, has the potential to be a really, really good game. Um, so I, I would say Washington, Oregon, the sequel uh, is, is probably the one I'm most interested in beyond the SEC championship. Um, yeah, Florida State could get knocked out. I don't know if that game interests me a ton because 
Um, even though I think Florida State has to be in if they're undefeated, let's face it, I don't think any of us believe they're winning the national championship. So it's like whether they lose Saturday, whether they lose in the first round, doesn't really matter to me personally. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious about Texas, too, because I think when Texas is at their absolute best, and we've seen that a few times this year, when they're at their absolute best, I think Texas can play with Georgia. Um, I don't know if they can beat Georgia. I think they can play with Georgia. I think they stack up physically with Georgia really well, and they got some weapons at wide receiver. Um, on their best day, I think they could kind of do what Ohio State did to Georgia last year, give them all they could handle. Um, I, I certainly so think I think they're I think they are the team that matches up at the line of scrimmage with Georgia the best. Completely, yeah. Um, there are other teams that could give us some other headaches, but yes, I agree. At the line of scrimmage, they are the most Georgia light. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but but they've been wildly inconsistent, right? And yes. part of that was Quinn Ewers was hurt, but even when he wasn't hurt, they were kind of up and down. They looked awesome last week against an average Texas Tech team. So I'm curious to see how they look in the in the Big 12 championship. I mean, if they look really good, get into the playoff as the four seed. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, that that semifinal is pretty interesting to me then against against Georgia because you know there's there's only a few teams that I think can beat Georgia and even some of these teams we're talking about in the playoff I don't know if I believe they could beat Georgia but again on their best day I think Texas would have a shot. I, I'm with you because I also think if Florida State actually wins, I think what the committee's going to do, even though I get it, it's last year versus this year. I think the committee knows they kind of screwed is not really the operative word because in the end Georgia won, but like you know having Ohio State be that four seed last year, it rather that because they didn't want to do the Michigan Ohio State rematch, that kind of that kind of was a little unfair to Georgia. It feels like maybe you give them a mulligan this year if you, if Florida State wins, you make them the four, put Oregon or whoever at the three, and then you know that that kind of makes good from last year. I think that's right. I think the only the only way that maybe doesn't happen is if like Florida State and their third string quarterback uh, all of a sudden beat Louisville by about four touchdowns. Yeah. They just feel compelled to put them on the three line. I don't think that'll happen. So yeah, I, I think it is very likely if Florida State wins. I think they're in. There's going to be a lot of talking heads that say otherwise, but I think the commit there's just zero precedent for keeping at a 13 and 0 Power Five champion. I think they're in, but I think they're in at number four. All right, so what's it, what's it going to be when when all the dust settles? Who are the four in your mind? Who, what's going to happen here? One, Michigan, number two. Wait, 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 you broke up for a second. Who was number Georgia. one? Georgia, Georgia one. Georgia one, Michigan two. Uh, Oregon wins the rematch, jumps to the three line, and uh, I think Florida State gets it done. Uh, Louisville, I think, has been kind of smoking mirrors all year, so even. Uh, even down Jordan Travis, I think Florida State's going to do it, and then there's going to be a lot of grumbling that they get in at, at say, Texas' expense. Um, and it is what it is. I think it's it's going to happen. I'll, I'll have Florida State on the four line. It is funny that, like, we keep talking about chaos, 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 and it's like... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.